This is the One Piece Podcast, episode 417, for the week of Monday, May 2nd, 2016. My name is Zach. And my name is Ed. And my name is Steve. On today's show, we have our volume recap of volume 81 and an anime recap of episode uh, 739. But before we get started, I want to introduce our guest for today, uh, our uh, person of honor. I don't know what you'd like to call him. He's more than a very special guest today because he's going to be taking us through the volume recap. And that is translator for One Piece and Weekly Shonen Jump, Stephen Paul. Hey, Stephen. Hey, I like that person of honor. Like, could you just refer to me as your honor today? That'd yes. be awesome. I, that goes for everyone has to refer to Stephen as your honor today. Um, just today, though. I can't. I'm not doing that after. Sure thing. Whatever you say. Whatever you say, Your Majesty. <laughs> uh, we have I, we have Eisner Award nominated author of Merman, Joey Weiser, with us today. Hey, Joey. Hey, uh, and I have prepared a list of comments and pieced together answers and things from the last few episodes I've missed. This should only take about forty-five minutes. No, we <laughs> will not be doing that. <laughs> nice try. Okay. Not happening. Uh, we also have uh, joining us uh, with Ed is the dude. Hey guys, how's it going? How's it going with you? I don't know. I feel like I wonder how many times per episode all of us like together say how's it going? Cuz I feel like that's a that's a thing. It's it, we're all very concerned. We are. Each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, as we mentioned on today's episode, we have the volume recap, the anime recap. Uh we're also going to go through the latest Patreon projects as well as uh, some piece together. Uh and the, the big thing we want to go through at the top of the show here is that we are turning seven at the end of this month, if you believe it. Uh, yeah, it's a big one. So, uh, Aaron, we're, we're doing a few special things and a lot of surprise things that we're not going to be mentioning here today. Um, do you want to talk about some of the less surprising things that might be happening? Well, I would if I got a proper intro. Oh. oh. Shit. um yeah so one piece podcast turning seven this year we're gonna have some cool things on the website uh you can also talk to us on twitter using the hashtag uh opp seven years uh tell us your favorite moments your favorite episodes your favorite inside jokes we want to hear them because we're turning seven and that's like we're almost ready for second grade. Yeah, we're almost, <laughs> or we're almost dead in dog years. Whoa! <laughs> that, wow. Okay. Steve. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, really, that's like half half a dog's lifespan. Yeah, it's well, maybe if I got yeah. like a Shih Tzu. No, like a seven is like a Bernese Mountain Dog, maybe, but like you got to be like a big dog to yeah, have like that a Saint Bernard. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Hashtag OPP seven years. My favorite point was when they talked about dying dogs. <laughs> See, that's how it works. That's how it works. Eve, I don't even remember dying. that. When did that happen? <laughs> anyway, thank you, Aaron. Uh, sorry for. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, anyway, I uh, also want to mention uh, Chow put up a really cool article this week. It's all about translation and names and how difficult it is to do that. I'm sure Stephen couldn't relate at all to that. Uh, you can check that out on yeah. our website. It really was. It's a really good article. It explains a lot of the things that go into deciding how to um, translate names um, and um, like the weird ways that Japanese and English work together or against each other. So it's a good read if you're interested in that kind of stuff and that sort of stuff. 
finally, I just want to remind people, uh, anime fans give back to Kumamoto remains open. It will remain open for as long as the charity remains open. You could go on our website, onepiecepodcast.com, or if you don't see it there, you could always go to our global giving uh, page. Uh, that's at globalgiving.org slash fundraisers slash anime fans give back. Uh, so with that out of the way, you guys ready to get into the show? I yes. sure am. Yes. yes. How you doing? It's the beginning of the month, so it's time to talk about the latest Patreon fan projects. Now, if you want your project mentioned on the show, just go to patreon.com slash Podcast and choose the reward to have your project mentioned. This month, the project is from Shauna, uh, who has no artificial fruit juice.tumblr.com. And that is an art block where, blog where she does her fan art. And uh, a lot of it, or some of it, is One Piece. So please check that out. Again, that is no artificial fruit juice.tumblr.com. And there's one more patron. It's from Christian. And his project Shadow Soul at Terlato Comics still has one more month until it comes back. There are nine chapters. So uh, if anyone's interested in picking it up or looking at it, uh, check it out at terlatocomics.com. That's T-E-R-L-A-T-O comics.com. We're going to be making a lot of changes and additions to our Patreon page over the next month to celebrate our seventh anniversary. So make sure to keep an eye out at patreon.com slash Podcast or get in early and become a patron today. Patreon.com slash Podcast. This is the anime recap for episode 739, The Strongest Creature, One of the Four Emperors, Kaido, King of the Beasts, which is basically a three-sentence title right there. Uh, The title card begins at 3 minutes and 56 seconds, and today we have Zach... Hey. And we have Steve. Hey, what's up? And once again, we have our good friend Aaron. Yay, it's me. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as, uh, I mean, just a rundown of the, the staff real quick. Uh, screenplay this week is by, this is going to be a tough one, uh, Atsuhiro Tomioka. Okay, that wasn't so bad. Never mind. Uh, episode director slash storyboard artist was Satoshi Ito, who I actually recognized by name. I remember he was the guy who did uh, 696, which is the one where Law finally gets uncuffed, which is really, which is one of my favorite episodes of uh, Dressrosa. So uh, I'm happy to see uh, a good episode given to a good director. Uh, and then animation director by Isamu Takara. Uh, and then from there, are you guys ready to get on to the bulk of the recap? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. I mean, that's it's what we're here for, but do we have to be here for that? <laughs> no, this week we do. All right, all right. <clears throat> so the episode opens on Kiros's little cabin once again. Everyone continues to sleep. Uh, we see Robin picking up Luffy's hat and setting it next to his head, uh, saying that uh, she knows Luffy will be disappointed to wake up and see that Sabo has left. Uh, Frankie's crying already, like he's you know. T- sort of tooling away at his eye as he as he has been for the last like three episodes he, he's uh, missing a lot more of his face than i recalled but <laughs> yeah uh damn i can barely fix myself he says and robin uh puts her hands up as if she's gonna sprout some hands uh offering him some help uh which i don't really understand what she means by that um 
And I, th- I think your so- shippers know what she means by that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Kiros wakes up uh, saying he heard the story from about halfway in, which is, you know, the good episode of those two episodes, basically. <laughs> uh, let's Zoro know that there might be alcohol in the cellar under the kitchen floor, which is not uh, what he was saying a few episodes ago. So uh, Kiros is a little two-faced, I guess. Uh, they we cut to a little later, and we have uh, a kind of an interesting scene of uh, Zoro and Kiros sharing some alcohol. And uh, Zoro mentions that he would like to spar with Kiros one day, which is really interesting to hear because you don't know, you don't think of that as being something that uh, Zoro thinks about a lot, you know? Just sparring. Well, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I know. It's it's just like I don't know. I just I, I don't think I've heard Zoro say something like that before. Uh, it's, you know, it's not, it's not like Dragon Ball Z where, like, all the characters love sparring all the time. I want to fight with you again. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not like Zoro defeated Mr. One. He was like, I, I hope you come back as a good guy and we'll fight right. again, which is sort of kind of what happened. I guess. <laughs> and, and, then, and then Zoro, uh, you know, mid-drink, uh, gives the bottle back to Kiros and says, you can have the rest. And Kiros is like, thanks. Oh, but it was kind of mine to begin with, so... Uh, so, um, I hate a yeah. mooch too. Yeah, <laughs> Kiros looks outside the window. Uh, I realize that the 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 main uh, mountain of Dressrosa looks like a big spiky piece of poo now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he writes a letter and he starts taking it, uh, likely to the palace. He's got something to say to his We're, family. He goes with both his legs. I noticed. Yeah, can oh. we talk about this walk cycle here? <laughs> Did he have two legs? He the way it was animated, it made him look like he was walking on well, two that's, legs. That's, yeah. that's, how, that's how they do it, basically. Both the both Oda and the anime have not really done a good job of this is how a person with one leg walks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've said it before. Uh, the fact that Kiros has one leg is like the most pointless plot detail. Because thank it, you, it, yeah. thank you. It went nowhere. Yeah, it. It was never a detriment to him at all. It n- it never slowed him down. And it, it, I like, like I assumed that it was going to be attached to like some like really interesting story. Like his statue yeah. talks about how he only received one wound in the in the arena in his lifetime, but then that ended up being completely unrelated. Yeah. Uh, uh, and 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 so like Diamante even had to shoot him in his in in the leg he still had. It just, uh, <laughs> just it, to get him to drop. It, it was never like a handicap, and uh, you know, not to get too far off topic, but Dressrosa was an arc where it was all about running, running uphill, and that was never a problem for Kiros. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's one of those subplots where I just assume Oda had like one idea of where he was going to go with it, and then like in practice, he ended up just not going there. Um, well, maybe he didn't want to repeat himself with uh, like what he did with Zeph. Maybe I feel like he could have done that yeah. Um, yeah like that was a much better story yeah uh and then uh we cut back to the ocean a place that isn't Dressrosa for once and i guess we've been doing that a lot these last few episodes but still we get to see the thousand sunny again uh the crew uh are not on board but it is anchored out uh in front of some giant shadowy pillar uh mm. that we can assume is zoe I wonder what kind of place Zoe is. Uh, we hmm. transition to Zoe where it's bright and sunny, so they must be like way above the clouds. Uh, we see Sanji and Caesar walking together, and Sanji is 
uh, not Sanji, but Caesar is just complaining about something or other, like he's keen to. Uh, we see uh, a shot of uh, a worm's eye shot of Sanji sort of walking alongside, and I noticed that there's a, a several like really neat worm's eye shots in this episode throughout. Um, and then basically they're talking and they get into an argument because that's just what they do. And then Sanji kicks Caesar in the balls. <laughs> And, you know, we see that Sanji's got Caesar's heart and he's using it as leverage and all that. Uh, you know, Chopper shows up with a football helmet uh, saying, you know, it was the right call to come ashore. We can save them, whoever them, them is, uh, but we need your help asking uh, Caesar. Uh, and then Caesar's just kind of going through the whole shit of, you know, why don't you treat me more nicely, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we cut to Nami, Brooke, and Momonosuke running away from something. Uh, Nami notes that it's kind of hard to run on this strange ground. It's gray, it's got bumps, it's kind of soft. It's like, man, they're giving us all these puzzle pieces, but I have no idea what they could be adding up to. Oh, uh, it's almost like they want us to, like, stay tuned for the next episode. I know, right? Uh, yeah. Nami trips, Brooke tries to jump in the way to save her, but then she just ends up, like, riding him as they, like, crash into a tree. It was kind of weird uh, action. Uh, but then some strangers riding on an alligator show up and they've got horns and uh, they're wondering how uh, the Straw Hats invaded the island. And before the fight can continue too much, uh, we see some kind of volcano in the distance uh, exploding water, uh, which is not normally what volcanoes do. So we have to assume that uh, this is a unique island. It's a good uh, thing it wasn't a normal volcano or else uh, our heroes would be quite dead. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Mag liquid that, hot magma flying on top of everyone probably would not. Have well, once it, well, once it leaves the volcano, it's actually loud. Oh, uh, you're, you're correct. Of course. Yes. See, I mean, assuming, that. assuming that half our, <laughs> half our crew are like devil fruit users right now. Uh, water isn't a great alternative, uh, but they get washed away. Nami ha is hanging Momo and Brooke across a log, like their clothes drying in the sun. The, the Brooke gag is great here as well. Yeah. The, I'm Brooke, gonna there's a lot you. of just awesome Brooke stuff in this episode. Like Brooke is just uh, just running on all cylinders this week. He's um, definitely running on them, yes. Yeah, then the, the attackers show up again, and they uh, you know lunge at Nami. The main uh, guy with the horns is lunging at Nami, and Brooke gets in the way, and then... Uh, this sheep man uh, sprouts these sheep's horns out of his hands and his head, and they just turn into these big, curly, like, ram horns uh, as Brooke clashes with his soul parade and the ice comes out. And, uh, and then Sanji is swooping in from the air, so now this the whole group's meeting back up, and Sanji's coming in, and he's using his Diablo Jamba uh, to clash with the, these enemies as well, and this scene just looks really great. Uh, everything with Brooke... Looks great. Everything with Sanji's attack looks great. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Sanji is, as usual, he's happy to see Nami, and he, you know, runs to her, and then she punches him, and then he just gets like stuck, frozen in air against her fist. Uh, and the bad guys, uh, basically, they they retreat, saying that that the samurai is not here, so we know they're looking for a samurai. Uh, don't know if that's Momonosuke. Don't know if that's Conjuro's uh, Conjuro and Kinemon's friend. Uh, but anyway, the crew is sort of back together and there's some mysterious animal girl with blue hair watching, uh, from behind a tree. Uh, I just want to say before we leave this scene that 
this was the only part where the animation I thought got slightly wonky at times. I thought Nami looked a little odd. Nami's eyes are always wrong. A little cross, <laughs> a little cross-eyed. Like every, yeah. yeah, like in every shot, like they're either the like a weird shape or they're cross-eyed or something. Which was, I mean, actually kind of reminiscent. I remember in the manga there were some very awkward panels with Nami. Um, Although in, I think you're thinking chapter. of some later stuff. I don't know. Um, oh, maybe I okay. But yeah. Um, because I think I know what you're talking about. I think I know you have in mind. But okay, um, okay Sam. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know they're sort of continuing their their sort of journey through this mysterious island, and Sanji is just sort of looking at uh, the symbol on the enemy's belts, uh, just sort of probably wondering what what that symbol could be connected to. Uh, and it just feels great to be on this island. Like I like it's so refreshing to see. Our not next, not uh, Dressrosa. To see yeah, not dress Rosa. Rosa. <laughs> and, and the, the place that we know is basically our next destination, and it it it's cool. It, like I mean, lots of green. It's my favorite art. Felt very not dress Rosa. Dress <laughs> 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 Rosa felt very yellow, so now we're getting a, an arc that feels very green uh, coming up. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and since you're just mentioning colors, I just wanted to say when uh, volume eighty one, I think it was the latest volume that came out that. The one we're talking about today. Yeah, the one we're talking about on this episode. What Mm -hmm. order did we record these segments in? Um, Now, when the colors were revealed of, uh, you know, the Zoes, you know, the the, the twirly hat pirates, uh, their Mm -hmm. color schemes, I I was a bit disappointed. I was like, oh, it's a lot of orange and yellow. And I was really hoping Sanji had like a darker leather jacket. But man, do those colors really pop in this Mm -hmm. because it's nothing but green green gray blue a lot of cool colors so uh our heroes really stand out in these Mm -hmm. color schemes so now i i don't i i don't mind it as much yeah but i feel really bad for anybody who wants to cosplay sanji because finding an orange leather jacket is going to be a pain in the ass (laughs) yeah right uh so that brings us to our next scene this episode is sort of packed with really great stuff uh we move to the kid pirate safe house uh where uh an enormous crash happens outside like it like it's enormous like the dust clouds there's waves there's it's basically created like a mini tsunami in the area uh one of kids ships capsizes as a result um and then you know all the the alliance members you know kid apu hawkins they sort of rush out and they see this mysterious almost human shaped hole although it's way too big to be a normal human uh in the ground and they're just wondering uh what it could be and hawkins uh is saying you know i once heard a legend about a sky island where some monster lived somewhere in the sky around here and then he's like looking up at the sky and it's another really great worms eye shot and like there's a very uh very like heavenly vibe to the the way uh they are heavenly monks right or fallen monks or whatever the well, Rouge. Rouge yeah, yeah but, I'm thinking of like there, there's a shot with oh, Hawkins. Hawkins. Yeah, no, that's true too. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of shots in this that like really it really looks like characters like looking up to heaven, and that heaven feels like this huge, enormous place. I don't know. It's like it's this. It's like just sort of style. Of, speaking of the whole fallen monk name, uh, when this manga chapter originally came out, I thought it was actually Rouge that got thrown off the Sky Island. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that figure is like, oh, so you're called the fallen monk, but you're not falling. (laughs) Yeah. um, (laughs) Well, I mean, that that brings us to uh, 
the next scene where we cut back a few minutes uh, in the past uh, uh, where we see another Sky Island, the Sky Island that Hawkins is likely talking about, uh, called the Ruined City of Balloon Terminal. And you can see that the whole island is being lift up, lifted up by you know these like millions of uh, colorful balloons uh, just sort of stuck underneath the island. Uh, and we see uh, Rouge and his men uh, watching some shadowy figure, some giant man with also with horns, uh, still hidden in the shadows. His his you know his coat is sort of waving in the wind. He's looking down. Uh, it's clear that he's going to jump. Uh, and Rouge tells his men, "If he's serious, why bother stopping him?" Uh, and then, uh, th- as this mysterious figure crosses his arms and jumps, we get a pretty uh, lengthy sort of narration uh, from the, the show saying he I think was you looking mean for ba- I think you mean badass narration. Is what you're <laughs> this is, I, I think this is the longest the narrator has ever spoken of anything. And it's extremely uh, reminiscent of Whitebeard's death, like when they're t- listing off yeah. uh, all the yeah. things that survived in the war. Uh, he was looking for a place to die. To sum up his life, he had de- been defeated seven times as a pirate and was captured by the Navy or his enemies 18 times. He underwent torture repeatedly and had been living as a criminal. Uh, and we see Arouge, uh praying for his soul, basically. He wanted to kill himself by jumping off a sky island, which is rather out of the ordinary. That is what has led to this. And then that's what brings us back to the hole in the ground. And we see that the... This giant man has fallen. Uh, we actually kind of the camera follows him as he falls, which is uh, we see him go through the clouds and then we see the island below sort of uh, emerge uh, and then he crashes. And then that brings us back to uh, where the kid alliance uh, was at. Uh, it bears repeating. He challenged the Navy and the four emperors single handedly and was captured 18 times, sentenced to death 40 times. When he was hanged, the chain broke. When he was sent to the guillotine, the blade shattered. Uh, consequently, he sank nine giant prison ships. That means no one could kill him, even himself. Uh, and then this is when an arm emerges from the from the hole, and then we get this big scene. Uh, I believe the key animator for this is Naotoshi Shida, who does all the big, like, crazy motion, shiny animation uh, type stuff that you see in One Piece occasionally. Uh, usually that's all him. Gear 4, uh, I think, is the yeah, one that Gear pops to my hand here. Yeah. Gear four guy, the uh, oh, the guy who did it for the the three admirals in Marineford. Yeah. Is it that guy? Yeah. yeah, like going back pretty early. I think as early as like late Impel Down, like when Luffy's fighting uh, Magellan. Magellan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like whenever the animation gets like really shiny and like really crazy all over the place, uh, it's it's this guy, um, the man looking for a place to die, Kaido, King of the Beasts. If it's one-on-one, Kaido will win. That's what people say. On land, sea, and air, he's a pirate who's known as the strongest creature among all living things. And that's when we get to see Kaido uh, in the flesh. This is the first time in the anime uh, that we get to see what Kaido actually looks like beyond uh, vague silhouettes. Uh, And he looks pretty cool. Uh, He's got the big, long mustache. He's got the big... uh, his hair and his coat are kind of like Doflamingo's, but they're a lot more kind of angular looking. Uh, and he's, you know, shouting again to the heavens, you know, hurry up, Joker, make preparations for this final battle. I don't care if this boring world is destroyed. Let's start the greatest war this world has ever seen. And then that's uh, 
when our to be continued card hits us. Uh, uh, it's yeah. good. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll just go quick to to note that really good episode. I think. Yeah. 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 I think you guys agree. Um, One of the best. Yeah, like it's rare that we get an episode that is this like packed with stuff. Like we get uh, a good look at our next new location, which just is it just feels good to see. And then this whole Kaido sequence is really just nuts. It's it's so well paced this entire episode. Yeah. Uh it rem- it reminded me of an old episode of One Piece. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely one yeah. of those episodes where uh, it is stretching. Uh, no pun intended. A manga chapter out into. A, a 20 minute episode, but you don't feel like you really need to cut too much, uh, which happens sometimes. And I, I feel like people take that for granted. Um, There's a lot of good material to work from. Um, <laughs> and the one piece narrator is always great. I, I can't wait for, uh, what's his name? The English one, uh, Steve Jenkins, Bill Jenkins to, to do Bill his Jenkins. version. Of it. <laughs> um, I'm looking for a place to die. <laughs> The the just two nitpick things about Kaido. Uh, I think Greg mentioned a few weeks ago, like even as of the current manga, we have not seen Kaido's legs um, yet. Uh, now I'm sorry, was really paying attention to that. And the anime <laughs> just draws his legs several times, you know, just as regular legs. That damn shanks took my shins. <laughs> I mean, we don't we don't know what his lower half looks like. I guess it's now should I'm be... only, now I'm only twenty two stories tall. <laughs> First off, he is enormous. Um, it's- Huge. Really big. Um, I was expecting a slightly more crazy billowing voice. I'm really upset it's not Norio yeah, Wakamoto. Um, like, he would have got yeah. Japanese Optimus Prime. Yeah. Oh, is that who that was? <laughs> yeah. I guess not. I I would have liked... Yeah. Uh, I was expecting something more booming as well. I think a Megatron would have been better than an Optimus Prime here. The Frank Walker. Well, yeah. Being Orson Welles. That's Unicron. <laughs> yeah, I know. That would have been fine, too. Uh, that was where my mom went. That's like the only, uh, <laughs> the only Transformers actor Orson I Welles know. Orson was still alive. Orson Welles. For some reason, doing voiceover in Japan, he's like, listen, I don't need this. I got to... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever crazy commercials are in Japan. I got a fish stick commercial in well, they, they, can, they can resurrect <laughs> his corpse for the Funimation dub. Uh, anyway, yeah, I was expecting a more really booming... I was expecting a more bo- booming voice is all I said, but it was a beautiful episode. I think it had some wonky little issues, like I mentioned before, but overall, uh, the pacing was great. It was great to see characters that I had been waiting to see forever. Uh, the Kid Alliance didn't get a lot to do or say, but it was still pretty good. Um, I think it was handled well. I th- I kind of wish they took some more liberties in those final scenes and how they showed it. I thought they were going to, and then they kind of just followed the manga script to the letter. Um, but I, I think yeah, I can't really complain too much. It was a good episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron? Yeah. Um, episodes like this are the reason why I still follow the One Piece anime, I feel like. And not only because it was really cool to see a really cool chapter, but also because, you know, when you read a chapter like this, you go through it so quickly, and I feel like you miss so much. And it's nice to have. Uh, an episode that's you know a set amount of time and goes at a set pace and sort of forces you to look at all the little details that you might have missed when you read the chapter the first time so for me i totally missed uh sheep's head and his weird hands and gin rummy and everything with that so it was really cool Harry, to see you're that. spoiling their names 
No, it oh, said, said that. It said both. Yeah, Jin Rummy was said. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, her, she had an interesting voice. Sorry. She had an interesting yeah, voice. Yeah, I, I liked really it. liked it. Yeah, it was different. It's a lot. Yeah, different. I, I listened to it a second time, and yeah, I actually watched this episode twice, which I don't normally do. Uh, I think also because I want to make sure I had plenty to talk about on this. Yeah, it's very unique voice. Yeah, I guess it sounded a little bit older. Just. I, it's really hard to describe, um, but I liked it because they could have just gone with a typical pretty woman sounding voice and they didn't. Um, I haven't like I haven't noticed like a character having this distinctive a voice since like Perona in the Japanese mm. version through her bark. Um, I don't know. I, I want to hear more. And I really like her colors. Erin uh, and I both agree that she does look like Jesse. <laughs> right? Pokemon. She's so, beautiful. Like, it's, it's the exact colors. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm all for that. There was one thing that I that I didn't notice because Stephen doesn't use honorifics, um, but that's that they all call they called each other Sama, um, like the you know the honorable honorifics. Mm-hmm. Um, um, is that weird? That I feel like one person would normally be above the other, but here they called each other that. The feeling that I got from it was that Sheep's Head and Gin Rummy were the captains of this small group but he was sheep's head was slightly above gin rummy so she would call him sama but all of the lackeys would call her and him sama okay i thought sheep's head called gin rummy also sama that's why i might be wrong oh, but i um, thought i, I thought they both that. did hmm. might be, that might have i might have misread who said that but uh, well you know zach that. In modern relationships, you have to be equal. You have to call true. each other Sama. That's true. I always Aww. do in my relationships. Um, <laughs> yeah, and your fiance says, Zach, stop being a weeb. <laughs> That's exactly what happened, Steve. Um, Sam, is there anything else uh, you want to want to mention? Uh, I mean, I feel like I've covered most of it. I mean, I, I agree with uh, just about everyone. And it's a great episode. Uh to between the the Zo stuff and the Kaido stuff, uh, two really fantastic segments that just are a breath of fresh air compared to uh, just being in Dressrosa for so long. Dressrosa, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to our volume recap covering the material that happens after this. Let's do it. The following segment contains images, so when you hear this noise, a new image will show up on your device or on youtube at youtube.com slash one piece podcast if that's where you're watching so without further ado let's get into the volume 81 recap this is our volume recap for volume 81 uh steven what is it called it is called off to see uh, the cat viper and uh, what's going on on the cover? Oh my god. Is this a new record for characters on a cover? So so can anyone actually name all of these characters? I wish Jammer were here right now, but he's not. Uh, I can do a great Jammer impression. Okay, go for it. <laughs> all right, from the top is Mr. Skullface. And to his left is uh, Lionheart. And to his right is Dogmouth. And then there's... <laughs> Uh, let's see, there's Musketeer Man, Musketeer Man 2, <laughs> Female Dog, Musketeer, um, Carrot, 
That's the guy with the orange uh, jacket, right? Snagglepuss. <laughs> uh, I'm lost now. <laughs> uh, Magilla Gorilla. Parpar <laughs> Hyena. And Dragon Kid. Oh, and and Monkey D. Luffy. Oh, there you Sanji. go. You got one there. Yeah. Sanji. I thought and- I thought that leopard's name was Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Steven, is there anything you want to... Oh, and there's uh, fat sheep guy. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Everybody's... Yeah, I like the, um, I like the sort of camo, uh, like, background style. I like it when Oda, they, they switch up the, like, just flat color background. Um, it looks cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, the, uh, like, the dark green and the white is a good, good color combination, I think. Um, but yeah, this is basically like, hey, welcome to the Zoark um, on this Here's cover. Everybody's color scheme. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I like also. I like how carrots is uh, a green cape over an orange dress, so it looks like a carrot. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. notice that. Nice. That's great. I love this cover. I, I'm also just mm-hmm. a fan of this arc, so that might be part of it. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. So it's a great cover. Why... the the centered composition helps. Uh, yeah, make sense of there being so many characters and stuff. Yeah, it's not as sloppy as his usual like three or four perspective um, mishmash. It's nice yeah. to have Dog Storm and Cat Viper's sides um, equally represented. Also mm. true. Yeah. Mm. Also nice. Uh, we were talking about this in the anime recap, but the the greenery of of Zoe well represented. Uh, I think at the backgrounds here. Mm-hmm. Um. So what's under this cover? We have an under. What's cover. under this cover? Okay, let me do some foley work here. Let me just pull this cover off. Uh, you mm. don't. You don't need to do the foley okay. work. <laughs> um, so yeah, I believe it was last volume that we actually had multiple Panda Man sightings, and uh, here we'll start from the top where uh, it looks like on Brooke's shirt where he has these sort of, I'm going to call them pineapple ring uh, patterns, there are three individual little panda man faces. Um, I only saw right. one, and now I see all three. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there is also a little panda man right in between uh, Nami's arm and Wanda's hat, just chilling in the uh, little gap in the background. Oh, my God. And um, if you will look down in the corner at uh, Mr. Blackback, we have Mr. BB, the gorilla. Uh, we have a little tiny panda man uh, just uh, hanging out with a, I, mean, I guess that's a cup of tea. Just um, He did this in Fujitora's mouth once, right? Chilling. That one's great. Yeah. So th- this is, uh, I don't think we've had more than one panda man on a cover before this, yes. right? No, we no, did. Last, last volume. Last volume. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. But before that, I don't think it has been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's the second, so, at least. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's all good fun. And uh, now we will look at the author's comment, which here, I'll is do the, uh, I'll do the Foley work here. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, like I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice, simple one this time. Um, and uh, we have uh, three diagrams of what looks like some rather athletic bathing. Um, happening here and Oda says um, it sounds like uh, I'm not sure what the term for this would be like half 
half bathing or half body bathing is uh, is good for your health from what I hear. Um, so volume 81 starts now. Um, and I think that's like, you know, just, I guess, taking a bath and just only getting up to your waist or something. I'm not sure what this is. It might be a Japanese thing. Um, but he is taking it to a, uh, a more literal level where just any half of your body, any, as long as it's 50%. Um, and he's, uh, doing exercises there. So yeah, that middle one looks dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long can you hold your breath? Um, <laughs> And uh, so, yes, moving on to the volume, um, we have uh, one of Oda's awesome kabuki illustrations for the uh, title page here um, uh, with the uh, volume 81 off to see the cat Viper. And uh, this is a pretty straightforward volume. Looks like we have 10 chapters, um, so it's not a um, it's not going to break the bank with the uh, page numbers. Um, And this is going to cover. Um, from chapter 807, which is 10 days before, which starts off with our first uh, first feast on Zo with the uh, Let Us Garchu You, um, all the uh, the mink festivities, and ends with Dog versus Cat, uh, chapter 816, and uh, the revelation that Rizo is alive. Um, so a big old heaping helping of Zo in this volume. And uh, let's just get right to the... Uh, the SBS. Let's start so the, the first... SBS. <laughs> no, you gotta you gotta wait for me to read it. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I like this this header. I know we've seen this person's illustrations before. I think they're probably like colored pencil or regular pencil or something, but um, very uh, very shading uh, centric uh, art. And this one, yeah, that chopper choppers. in the top corner is intense. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that yeah. this was in color originally, and I really would like to see it. Mm. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about uh, nowadays is like pretty much all these artists have their own Twitters. And so when they get placed in the volume, they're like, oh, here's the original. And they show a little side by side thing. So, um, yeah, I'm sure it's, there's probably a picture of it out there somewhere. Um, but the first uh, the first greeting says, uh, hey, Odatsu. This guy has sort of is pulling off an accent here. What's up, Odatsu? But also, all you ever say is uh, dirty jokes in the SBS. Um, so uh, instead, uh, we the students are going to uh, to carry this out in, uh, in, instead of you. So uh, let's start the SBS. And uh, then he asks Oda to uh, draw a picture of Zoro with a shaved head. And um, so yeah, Zoro, there's there you go. There's Zoro. He's like, what, what's the big deal? What are you doing? Maybe these people are running out of ideas. Maybe next volume, Zoro goes somewhere cheap. <laughs> uh, all right. I so, want to see um, all of the warlords with their heads shaved next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Oda's like, all right, well, okay, the segment has started without me. Zoro is now shaved. I don't get it, but let's just keep going. Um, and the next question is, what is Shirahoshi wearing on top of her head? And uh, actually, I, I will admit, I never really noticed this before now. Um, I don't know. Was this always there or was it uh, this is just like a, an individual panel where she was wearing this? But she has this little fish thing on her head. I think and, it was always uh, there. OK. Yeah. And Oda's like it's it's Taiyaki, which is um, the biscuit. Just things? A, uh, yes, they're uh, they're pastries filled with sweet bean paste and uh, they are delicious. Um, and for whatever reason, 
they are all baked in the with these special molds that make them uh, look like fish. That's crazy. Why is it on her head? It should be in her head. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, like in her it. mouth, which oh, is technically yeah. in her head. <laughs> I guess yes, technically it is. Yes. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's that's going to be a kind of annoying because uh, the whole joke is that Oda's just like yeah it's Hayaki, but I'm going to have to actually explain what that is, so the uh, the punchiness will be lost there probably. But um, we move on to the next question, which is uh, referring to the scene where Fujitara, as they are sort of ending dress Rosa, and uh, Fujitara is impressed by the um, the power of Straw Hat Luffy to inspire others, and he's wondering. You know, what what do you look like? What kind of features do you have? I wish I could see your face. I reckon it looks mighty kindly. And they're saying, okay, so can you uh, can you draw this face that uh, Fujitora is imagining? Oh. And so, <laughs> Oda, Oda draws this picture of uh, of uh, this this guy. I don't want to call him Luffy, but well, it says <laughs> it says Straw Hat Luffy right there. It's kind of like Zach. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm such a kindly guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's um he's God, got the He kind of does hair. look like me. He's got your rosy red cheeks. And he's got my rosy yeah. red cheeks. <laughs> he's got the the rakish angle with your hat there and uh and Luffy's saying, "Oh, I'm kindly." So <laughs> <laughs> That's that's my catchphrase. <laughs> no, your catchphrase is uh <laughs> Uh, Zach's catchphrase is it's really nice <laughs> what I, I didn't realize that was uh, that was a thing um, <laughs> so the last question here we really stuffed him in here um, the last one is about Sengoku's new gorilla he's like what is the name of Sengoku's gorilla and uh, the, the uh, in the original question the reader suggests Uho-kun um, uho, because uho uho is the uh, the sound that the gorillas make. But since I think I did just ook ook, I'm gonna say ookums. Oh, uh, is it? nobody calls ook ook a monkey. <laughs> yeah, it's a great ape. <laughs> oh man, maybe I should do that. Um, yeah, so it's like okay. This is why we have these segments. <laughs> and Sengoku, uh, you know, to ook ook, he's like, and you could call me pop pop. <laughs> uh and he's like okay is that is that all right uku can we can we call him that also does uku like the navy brand crackers and uh oda is like yes it's uku the cracker loving gorilla it sounds like something Chris Rock would say <laughs> Uh, so we uh we continue on that is the the first sbs uh installment and let's see it looks like next chapter ends with the uh color spread the sea freak color spread man what a great one that was a great one mm-hmm. love that love that illustration and our next sbs uh starts with um chopper hanging out with a, a little frog on a rainy day and our first question says, uh, I don't understand how the world map of the world of One Piece works. Um, I mean, you got the new world and the east, west, north, south, blue, red line. I don't understand where they are or Up, what's down, going on. Side to side. 
Exactly. Um, he's like, can you, you know, draw it up like a like a globe if you have to just explain it so I can understand it. Explain like I'm five. Um, and uh, by the way, I'm like, five. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Oda's like, oh, my God, this is so novel. He's like, of course. Yes, of course. Of course, it doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. This manga is uh, is so unhelpful. Um, he's like, yeah, for all these new readers. Um, I had a, a simple explanation of the world of One Piece put together. Um, it is at the end of the volume, so uh, please do check it out. Uh, so that is that is indeed in the back of the volume. Um, I, I did look at it. It's it's pretty self-explanatory. I think trying to actually describe this stuff in audio form is exactly the problem because you need to look at it uh, in uh, in uh, a visual form. Um, but, uh, at any rate, uh, a nice little refresher on how the, uh, all the stuff fits together. Well, the best way to describe it audio wise is like, think of it as a beach ball. Cause beach balls have like all those different colors and those sections mm-hmm. like that. And that's kind of like how the different seas are divided. Stop and... confusing the children, Steve. What? It, it's a beach ball. <laughs> actually, that's exactly what he says here. No, it actually, it isn't. Oh. Um, so the next question is uh, this, this person wants to know about some random uh, mob characters. Um, back in Dressrosa, in volume 78, he wants to know the names of the uh, the doctor who was complaining that they needed more help, uh, and the grandma who uh, tried to... The grandma and the granddaughter who had the little family drama where, <laughs> where the grandma couldn't run anymore, and, uh, and then she ran like hell. Uh, so... Oh boy, these are going to be interesting. Uh, I remember. I don't think I'm ever going to have a uh, sort of Mad Magazine style naming thing that worked out as well as um, the old the old guy in the stadium, the uh, Dresselmania fan, who was like, "Oh, I remember that guy," um, because his name ended up being uh, Sawyer Way Back, um, which was because uh, because his name was like saw you a long time ago in Japanese. Um, and he's doing a similar thing here, so I have no idea how these are going to turn out. It's probably going to take a while to uh, to figure them out. But the doctor's name is Tegata Ringana, which uh, basically means we don't have enough hands or we don't have enough help. Um, <laughs> and and he, his hobby is playing guitar. Uh, uh, next, Ned Murhel. He's got enough hands for that. Yeah. Uh. Now do classical gas. Yeah. <laughs> so long general plan. He'll be a need, need offer more or something like that. No, um, Ned, 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 Ned offer Ned. more. You could do Ned. Ned Offerman. Uh, and the, uh, the old grandma who, um, would have helpfully uh, dis- uh, labeled as uh, dress dress roba or the dress old late old lady, which was the um, the old dress Olga joke with um, Luffy not knowing how to uh, pronounce dress Rosa and Robin imagining the uh, the old lady in a dress. Um, her name is Shin Detamaruka, which means uh, like hell I'll die, um, or hell if I'm going to die, or something like that. And she is a former dancer. Grandma. And, mm-hmm. 
And then uh, the granddaughter's name is Shinjaya, which means uh, please don't die or I don't want you to die. <laughs> and she, <laughs> she is an aspiring dancer. Hmm. So following her grandmother's footsteps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the uh, the final question here is uh, about the um, the autographs that the Straw Hats gave to Bartolomeo. And um, we did go over these and in, in pretty accurately, I have to say, given uh, Oda's answers here. Um, but uh, just to refresh, uh, we have uh, Luffy's, which just says me. Um, that's That was the signature, me. <clears throat> uh, Zoro's, whose uh, signature was just the kanji for katana. Um, we have uh, Frankie's, who uh, his message as which I guessed correctly, which was uh, to my brother, uh, Frankie, and uh, Robbins was indeed a rooster, as uh, as we guessed. And then uh, setting the record straight, um, since there was some debate about this, Usopp's uh, says to Bartolomeo, and it is a silhouette of his profile. Yep. So uh, the and nose... like the, the thing that he shoots at. Um... At uh, Sugar the second time, kind of. Mm, well, sort of, but I mean, that, that's basically, they're both like, basically the same thing. Which it's is his say, face. That's his face, yeah. Ed. It's, <laughs> it's, it's his, his nose and his head and then his ponytail. And then his hair, yeah. yep. And uh, so that is what uh, what they were. And of course, we were able to, uh, we had the luxury of zooming in. It's, um, it, if you're looking at the page, it's, uh, it's a lot smaller yeah. um, in person. We correctly guessed all of these. Yeah, we did. Very yeah, I think we did. Yeah, we definitely weren't. Oh, Charlie, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say the thing that kind of gave Usopp's away to me is that it's isn't his Jolly Roger. His new Jolly Roger is sort of the same silhouette of his face. Yeah, I think that I think that was mentioned as evidence that that was what this signature was, um, which I didn't remember that that was his um, his new mark. But uh, yeah, well, well spotted. And the next SBS page. We have a nice little illustration of uh, Alvida spelling out the SBS with her slidey powers, her slip slip fruit. And uh, oh boy, this, uh, yeah, this whole page, um, if you will recall, um, I think it was volume 79, which hasn't come out yet. Um, but that that is the one that's going to have the whole uh, birthday calendar in it. And Oda put out the call, please, you know, fill in all the empty days with um, birthdays for characters who haven't been given a birthday yet using whatever rationale you possibly can. <laughs> and, um, oh, boy, we have some whoppers in this one. So this whole page is just um, stuff that people sent in. Um, so uh, let's see. Violet is april 30th and let's see sumire um yes the um the violet uh, flower is named sumire in uh japanese which i think might be a uh sort of like an old traditional way to say the 30th of the month or something like that um and uh let's see four is chinese in chinese is su i uh i have no idea um anyways Shigatsu, if it's in Chinese, Su, and then 30 would be me, and zero would be day. So, Sumi day. Oh, good call. Ooh. Nice one. Wow, you should work for Vizern. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> doing my job. 
you want to you want to write the, all these up for me? Uh, yeah, <laughs> then you'll be the special guest on the podcast. Ooh, my wildest dream. <laughs> <laughs> then wow. you'll get your own sidecar. dreams. Uh, <laughs> me down here. This is all I live for. Um, yes, Your Majesty. Uh, your Honor. Uh, yeah, you're the Majesty. Poobah. That's, that's yeah. that is accurate. Yes. Uh, next on the list again is April seventh because forty-seven is the uh, elemental number for silver, which is gin. That's a good one. I like that. That is cool. Um, Miss Valentine's is uh, February 14th. How the fuck was that not already done? <laughs> Everyone thought it was too obvious. I, I guess so. Wait, explain it to me, Stephen. How does this work? <laughs> that was a legitimate surprise. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I literally, because I just skimmed over this. I was like, okay, these are all, uh, this is all birthday stuff. Um, on, a, on a similar note, uh, Miss Father's Day is um, June 21st. That is oh, Father's, Father's Day. Day. Yep. Uh, Leo know, is... Or is Miss Father's Day birthday like, you know, a certain Sunday every year it fluctuates? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Leo is July 24th, which is the first day of uh, the Leo um, sign. Oh, that's ah. Very clever. Oh, cool. yeah. These are much mm-hmm. more clever than usual, especially Ms. Valentine's Day. This is bullshit. None of these are May 26th yet. That entire fucking, that entire stupid fucking calendar doesn't have my birthday in it. Me neither. Uh, I have two characters. I have three. <laughs> oh, a la dee da. I don't know if any, I don't know if anyone's born on my day. I forget. I think there is, but they're like some Marine. So who gives a crap? Wait, wait, Steve. I moose up. Usopp. Thank you. Yeah, sure, sure you. you all are. You, you're all Usopp. He's Usopp. I'm Usopp. Is there any Usopps I'm, I don't know about? I was saying Boosop. Hi, <laughs> right, Stephen. So all, all of those uh, suggestions came from uh, someone who uh, mentions that their birthday is uh, December 14th. So someone please think of a character for me and uh, Oda sort of laughs that ah, that's that's funny. You don't have a you don't have a character with your birthday yet. Um, it's too close to home for me. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Uh, next is Kuina, and this is a, just a straight um, a number two two letter like pronunciation thing. Ku for nine, E for Ichi, and Nana for uh, for seven Kuina. So that's uh, September seventeenth. And uh, following that, we have uh, everyone loves penguin and shachi, and uh, penguin shachi just a little bit more. Yes, he does. Um, nobody loves Millhouse. Um, penguin <laughs> is uh, April twenty fifth, which is World Penguin Day. Um, <laughs> I, I, I believe it. Yeah, no, that just passed, and I actually yeah. tweeted a picture of penguin from One Piece to celebrate. Did you guys get off that day? <laughs> <laughs> Did you not? Phrasing. <laughs> Phrasing. Oh, it works both ways. It works both ways. Um, and uh, Shachi is April 7th because, uh, well, it's she and she, ya, chi. Uh, and she is four and chi is, um, I guess, for seven. We're not sure. Ian, on that. Ian Gin can have a oh, birthday party together. 
It would have been better if it was the release date of Free Willy in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, well, first off, that's a that's a whale. Isn't Chachi a shark? Killer whale. Um, killer whale. <laughs> oh, it's a killer whale. Okay. Never mind. Kills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that would be she for for four, and then she chi for seven. So April 7th. And uh, then lastly, we have uh, Kyros's birthday, which is going to be September 22nd. And it is because... Wait, so I get it. Japanese... Hey, there's two twos because it's ironic because he only has one leg. No, <laughs> it's even better. It's even better. Oh. Uh, so in Japanese, it, it's pronounced Kyros. So Q uh, for nine. Mm-hmm. And then the two two is because he's doing the double piece sign with his hands. So, what? September 22nd. When does he do that? Perfect. What, like <laughs> all the time? Oda says, okay, thanks, guys. Wow, you really stretched for some of these. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And he's like, but as long as it fills the calendar, I literally don't care. He said <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, I love Oda's vitriol. You never hear that. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, uh, you know, finders keepers, basically. Um, he's like, are you so, kidding? This is one piece. This is literally the most inconsequential thing. <laughs> wait, wait, Ms. Valentine's Day. Your birthday is on Valentine's Day? That seems a little too coincidental for me. Um, what's next? No, that's why the, that's Crocodile why the was originally that. probably like, and you'll be Miss President's Day. And she's like, ooh, ooh. I was born on the 14th. <laughs> We just do the whole <laughs> Valentine's Day thing. By the way, I, I, I talk like a Southern Belle for some reason. We're just going to go with that. I'm done. Miss uh, uh, President's Day. Uh, <laughs> I'm here to teach you about presidential history. And that's all she does. She just talks about that. Anyway, what's that's on the devil. John Quincy <laughs> Adams lost in the 1820 yes, yes, election. We all know that Billy Joel's we didn't start the fire. Her devil for power is to get pneumonia the day of her commencement <laughs> and then die 30 days later. She is the William Henry Harrison fruit. Next XBS. Uh, we start with a header of uh, Fukuro, who's, uh, whose name means owl, in case you didn't know that. And he's hanging with his, uh, his people here. Um, hey, Zach, look, it's moon. Ooh, yeah, that could mean anything. It could. Um, <laughs> so, uh, this, this whole page is, uh, it's mostly about the, uh, the Yonta Maria fleet, but it also goes into some of the other ships of the, um, the big straw hat uh, alliance. And um, so this guy is asking, he points out when we get that big uh, spread of the uh, the Yonta Maria fleet, you know, if you look closely at the sails of the uh, the ships, you can see there's a, a three to Maria or a Santa Maria and then a two to Maria or a Nita Maria, um, which, of course, is the whole joke is the Yonta Maria is like it's like the Santa Maria from uh, Christopher Columbus, except there's four. Uh, Yon is four instead of San three. Um, so he's like, uh, is this like, um, 
this is sort of like the ranks of the ships. And uh, did uh, Columbus, who is um, Orlumbus's like presumed sort of second in command guy, is he writing on the uh, Santa Maria, the three Tamaria? Um, also, did the uh, the picture of the egg on the uh, the sail there come from the Columbus egg? And uh, I forget. Do we talk about that? It sounds familiar, but I don't actually remember what that is. I have no Columbus idea what egg. that is. Wow. The one that, thing that I didn't like, look up. <laughs> the only thing I know is that's like a plot to a Lupin movie. So I can't help. Maybe it's like a treasure or something. Um, uh, so at any rate, yes, uh, Oda, Oda confirms that uh, his um, his assumptions are correct. And uh, there are basically three uh, ranks of ships in the oh, um, fleet. Really quick. The Egg of Columbus refers to a brilliant idea or discovery that seems simple or easy after the fact. Hmm. So kind of referring to the apocryphal story that Christopher Columbus uh, discovered America completely by accident. I think we discussed mm. that when that chapter came out. It sounds it does familiar. Sound familiar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or maybe someone yeah. sent in a piece together or something. Oh, yeah, it's possible. Um, so. Yes, uh, but uh, there, yes, there are three ranks in the Yonta Maria fleet. Um, at the front, there are 50 different Nita Marias, and then the, there are five larger Santa Marias, and then uh, the big mothership is the, the lone Yonta Maria. Um, so that's how his, uh, his fleet works. And then in uh, the Haposui uh, the army, we have uh, one big Haposai and then seven armored Ipo size, which uh, is basically, um, you know, they have the, the kanji for the number ha, ha is hachi for eight, and uh, and then there's Ipo size, which is just one. I love treasure. the designs for those ships so much. Yeah, those are really cool. They're really cool. I would yeah, buy I those we, figures. I think we found out that those were like based on uh, like Korean uh, ships or something. I remember people sending in pictures and stuff. Mm. Um, they they are very cool. Uh, Let's see, what else do we have here? Cavendish's ship is called the, uh, oh boy, how would I translate this? The White Lightning. <laughs> the the White Horse in the Sleeping Forest, which is suitably that pretentious, I guess. right off the top. <laughs> <laughs> I think Toy Animation came up with the title. <laughs> is that like a Snow White thing? Yeah, a kind of. Yeah. No, Steve, yeah. it would be the White Horse approaches the Sleeping Forest is near or something. Yeah. Isn't it like um, a Sleeping Beauty thing? Never it could be. Is that what they call the uh, Sleeping Sleeping Beauty in Japanese? Uh, the Beauty in the Sleeping <laughs> Forest? Uh, <laughs> Something I, like that. Yeah. Aaron, if you say it, none of us here will know. What? Sleeping Beauty? <laughs> Just sound confident. Just sound confident. Yes. No, I, I swear, I swear, I thought it was Nemureru Mori no Bijo. Could be. I don't know. Uh, that's stuff I'll have to look up when I when I actually put yeah. this stuff together. See, this is why you're the one doing the work, Stephen. Not yeah, me. I have to do all the work. Um, and uh, next we have Hyreden's Viking ship, which is the uh, Nagalfar, which is an actual. Um, uh, what you call it. it's an actual Norse mythological 
ship, which is, I believe, I was just looking this up. This is one of the things I actually did look up before recording this. Um, that it is a, um, it's a mythological ship that means nail ship, but not nail as in like metal nails. It's nails as in like toenails and fingernails. Yum. Um, and it has, yeah, it has something to do with the, uh, with the Ragnarok, the apocalypse. Um, so that sounds pretty badass. It does sound and, pretty badass. <laughs> and, and then he has, he finishes with, and Bartolomeo's that thing. Um, <laughs> he just has a picture of, of the, his, his Luffy ship. Um, and uh, then he points out that Ideo and Leo don't have their own ships. Uh, Ideo is riding with Orlumbus, and obviously Leo just, was sort of cruising around with the uh, the little bug. Yeah, Deo took an Uber over to Dressrosa. <laughs> I was wondering, how the hell did he get there? Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, and of course, all of these details, you don't need to know any of these things. Um, which is, you know, something he says whenever he just divulges a bunch of really random info like that. Um, so that is for, that is it for that segment. Moving on to the next, um, we have a pretty cool uh, dice rolling header here where um, they it's are rolling a the dice. Picture. <laughs> yeah, still creepy, even in fan art. Uh, mm-hmm. Is the uh, rolling the SBS and Fujitora is like, really? Is that really what it says? <laughs> um, okay, I'm not trying to pander to dude, but Fujitora looks a lot like Salacious Crumb. Salacious Crumb? Salacious crumb. Salacious. 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 I don't it's know. Salacious, like like the. Salacious. Like the adjective. Mm-hmm. Well, um, he looks like that. Yeah. I, I like. Um, just, yeah, kind of. He he kind of looks like um. He kind of has a Bill Cosby face, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Why would you do that like, to Fujitora? I'm sorry, I didn't do it. That person did it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Overdrew that. <laughs> So I also you suppose that Fujitora bet on S. Hmm. He bet on SBS. Um, <laughs> I like to. I don't know if you can see it in the uh, in the picture, but the kanji above his head is like drawn, like really creepy looking, with like a face and it's holding a knife. And I don't know. It's like was it, is it about to play like the knife game or something <laughs> with the fingers? You mean? Humbly peg, yeah. Uh, this uh, is this is apropos of well, I mean, not completely nothing, but uh, I kind of hope that Fujitora is in Film Gold at the casino. Oh yeah, that'd be nice, that'd be nice cameo. Yeah. I'd like that. Um, so yeah, this is our uh, sort of miscellaneous info about a certain group section of the SBS, um, where the uh, person writing in asked, "What are the?" Uh, favorite and least favorite foods of all of the uh, the big rookies aside from Luffy and Zoro. Uh, <laughs> does Bonnie even have a least favorite kind of food? <laughs> um, so we're going to go through all these here. First off, Kid. Kid loves cabbage rolls and he hates curry udon, which is a shame because oh. that is a damn tasty dish. Yeah, Kid, you're lame. Yeah. Next is Killer, who loves uh, pepperoncino and hates curry udon. 
Oh, so whoa. that's why they get along. Yeah. Yeah. Got a couple of haters. Got yep. a couple of haters. And Pepperoncino is the pasta, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was about to say, like, he's always slurping pasta. If you were going to tell me his favorite food is fried chicken, I would have called bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's got to be it. He just can't fit it through those holes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He has to eat everything in pasta form. <laughs> <laughs> so gets one of those Aziz Ansari pasta thing makers, and he just puts oh everything in them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next, we have uh, Apu, whose favorite food is a uh, tom yum kun, and that is a tom yum uh, soup. Yes, tom yum soup, the uh, yeah. Thai soup, which is what is that? It's like shrimp or prawns and like a like a sort of curry, co- coconut curry sauce. Yeah. This sounds good, and I'm going to be getting this next time I go to a Thai restaurant. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very great. very popular. And his uh, least favorite food is mayonnaise. <laughs> which I guess, I guess you know if you want to call that a food all on its own. <laughs> I'm with you, Apu. Depends on your life choices. (laughs) Me and your mom never gave you just a big bowl of mayonnaise for dinner as a kid. Well, I'm sure Ed could attest that there are certain people who would just eat mayonnaise. Not not Ed, but someone we both. Uh, Yeah, no, but we know we know a guy. Ham and mayonnaise. That's that's my main man there, mayonnaise. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Next is Arouge, whose favorites are uh, azuki, which is uh, red bean. Paste or wait, no, is that no? That's just the red beans. I that's think just the beans. Yeah, um, and pork. And his least favorite is vegetables. Ooh, oh, vegetables. So he wines and dines on pork and beans. I guess so. Pork and beans. Pork and beans. Pork and beans. Uh, next, we have Hawkins, whose favorite food is fortune cookies. That'd be really funny if he just, like, I don't know, he was super malnourished because that's all he ate. <laughs> <laughs> and and his, his least favorite food is meat. So I guess oh, it's me. God. He is, he's one of the goth kids, isn't he? <laughs> I would just love if there was like a, a dramatic scene and then it cuts to him as it usually does and he's playing his cards and then it zooms in on his face and he says, you have a sunny outlook on life. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, a nice oh. piece of cake is waiting for him. <laughs> maybe he's maybe he's homeless because if I were homeless, I would just wait outside Chinese food restaurants all the time and just get fortune cookies because they're just like we're there. I, I hate fortune cookies. They're so, yeah. like, so I, I, I'll, I'll eat fortune cookies when I get Chinese food, but I'm never like, oh man, can't wait for that fortune cookie. It tastes like vanilla paper. It's... <laughs> Yeah, well, at least it, the vanilla. At least the paper tastes like vanilla. Not <laughs> What's next? So, uh, yeah. Next, we have Drake, whose favorite food is chicken and rice, and his least favorite is eggs. What eggs? So. Chicken and rice makes me convinced that Drake is also homeless, <laughs> or he's just poor. Wow. Also, no, he's... he's just on a diet. He's eating his. It's actually uh, a specialty of like uh, Singapore, actually, the Hainan chicken rice. He's eating his descendants. I mean, that's that's the problem there. Mm, yeah, I get it. Because his <laughs> hair looks like a rooster. No, it is not why. God damn it. <laughs> and next we have Law. I think you know we already knew this stuff. He uh, his favorite food is uh, onigiri, onigiri, oh. rice balls, and uh, grilled fish. 
And his least favorite is bread and umeboshi, or pickled plums. Pandering to the Japanese now. Yeah, yes. but uh, him and Kareha would butt heads because Kareha loves pickled plums. Oh, yeah, she does. Yeah. It's the secret, secret to her youth. To her youth. I beat him. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that does not bode well for Law's aging. Yeah. Um, next, Good. we have uh, Capone, whose favorite is meat dumplings and tomatoes. And his least favorite is tomato juice. Like clamato. Confusing. <laughs> uh, just tomato <laughs> juice. And uh, lastly, we have Bonnie, whose favorite is a margarita pizza. Right on, sister. Uh, yeah. yeah. I knew she yeah. was the one piece. I've been saying it this whole time. <laughs> the one piece of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one piece, guys. Spoiler. We're done. Podcast over. <laughs> right. I think some conspiracy theories might come from her least favorite food. Her least favorite food is carrots. Is she oh. carrots, mom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had a real real uh, fraught relationship yeah oh boy um so yeah that's the um that's the info roundup here and our next question is uh oh man <laughs> this question is hi uh i want to be an excellent mangaka just like you odachi so my question is what do i need to draw manga also Teach me how to draw, please, please, please. And uh, not, not, not asked, uh, how do you, how do I be a voice actor? Um, <laughs> it's so, pretty much the equivalent though of that question. Exactly, though. exactly. Hey, can you show me all like the steps you've taken so I don't have to work as hard? Exactly. Uh, and Oda's like, what? I'm sorry, what did you just say? Did you just call me excellent? Could you repeat that? I, I didn't hit record yet. Um, and so he's like, okay, yes, well, you know, I get all of these, I get these questions all the time. Teach me, teach me. Um, and uh, that's obviously not the kind of thing that he can answer in the SBS. So um, as it happens, there's recently been a, uh, a book put out or a magazine. I'm not sure if it's a book or a magazine um, called Jump You or uh, Jump Style. It's a magazine that comes with a DVD. Maybe it's a magazine uh, and a book. A muck, a it's muck. it's kind of a muck, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kino Kuniya was selling the Naruto version of this last time I went, and I'm hoping oh, cool. that they will eventually have the One Piece one. I will get my hands that'd on it. Nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. It's it's tricky because uh, in in Japanese they will often refer to magazines as books, um, just casually. Um, so yes, he's saying uh, this is a this is a little publication that uh, with a DVD that has um, recordings of the various authors in jump um making their manga and uh it might help you it, you know it might be uh, an inspiration um or it might not um and anyways he said uh i would not have taken this on i would not have accepted um you know them letting them come in and record and, and do all that stuff if it wasn't um you know put together by uh, the former One Piece editor Habuyang, which I think he is referring to uh, Habuta, maybe is that the name? I don't know. Greg would know. Um, who uh, you know is a person whom Oda owes a great personal debt. Um, so he was like, okay, fine for you. I'll I'll, I'll do it. Um, and uh, he says it's it's a rather it's a definitely a rare project. It's not the kind of thing that comes along every day. Um, and, um, you know, there's even some other authors, uh, some other authors, artists that I would like to see, 
um, their work in action. So um, if you're interested, definitely check it out. And uh, he also includes a note to this particular person who asked the question. Also, sorry if it is a little on the expensive side. Because, um, yeah, I'm sure with the DVD, they are, they're probably quite expensive um, for a magazine. Uh, so there you go. There's that. <clears throat> we uh, posted those interviews, by the way, or at least like portions of those interviews right. on our website. Um, yeah, this uh, this came out a little a little while back. Yeah. Um, uh, so our next SBS after this <laughs> is uh, oh boy, this is uh, Zoro trying to uh, meditate, I guess, and uh, Perona and her ghosts are tempting him with the uh, the scent, the spirits, the scent of spirits, alcohol. Oh, the spirits are are uh, they got spirits? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. Um, so the, uh, the question here is, uh, something that not, not at all surprised to see this, um, collected in the SBS here. It is about, uh, Cho's Nekomamushi song, the Cat Viper song. Um, and so Oda points it out that, um, uh, yes, this is, uh, you know, this, this song that Brooks sings in the manga, um, was based off of this, um, this this volume is has that scene, and um, yes, he says go look up on YouTube the um, you know off to see uh, the the cat viper Neko Mamushi no Danna ni Ai ni Yuko, which are the and, lyrics yes, over and yeah. over. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says there's one that has let's see verse three and verse one and verse three with a uh, backing performance. Um, he says please search for that on YouTube. Um, that is, that was sung by, uh, Brooks voice actor Chosan, um, and the, uh, the lyrics and song were written by his wife, who, whom Oda calls Choco. I'm not, I don't think that's her real name, but <laughs> let's go with that. Uh, and it was written years ago, wasn't it? Yes. And he says, I, I just, I love this song and, uh, it was years ago and I told, I said to Cho, can I have Brooke sing this? And uh, with uh, with Cho and his wife's permission, um, he uh, he 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 set it up. It's a little different than it was originally written, um, at least in style. But that was uh, that was the birth of the um, the birth of just the cat viper in general. Neko Mamushi. No Wait, done. so so Cho's wife wrote the song. That's what he says here. Yes. And so Cho was just singing it in his little YouTube videos. And she's referred to as Choco. That's Choco. Really cute. Did she also ask for a plum in a derby hat? <laughs> swimming in cologne? Wow. It's, it's a single plum floating in a... It's served... No, it's it's a single plum floating in perfume served in man's hat, Steve. There you go. That's the... Uh, oh, God. I... Heard. N- n- I think the joke just wasn't gotten till you corrected. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so Oda can't Oda can't wait to hear Brooke sing this in the anime. Me either. And that yeah, that'd be cool. Um and then I love this question. This this is so great. Okay, so this person says, All right, Oda Sensei, I have counted through the entire series the number of times that each of these straw hats has done a tsukomi or in other words like the what are you doing what are you talking about um, <laughs> shouted often with a uh, smack with the back of the hand whoosh, like that 
um, or perhaps with a, a folding fan, swack them over the head, wham! Uh, that is the the traditional style, and so they've counted them up for each each of the nine straw hats and put them in order. And I I, I can't speak for anyone else, but I was not surprised by the top two. Um, so number one, far and away, with four hundred and fifty eight times, was Usopp. Uh, <laughs> as, the, of course. as the audience surrogate, the guy who is uh, you know yelling at how silly everything is that's going on. Um, number two at 295 is Nami. Yep. Yep. Yeah. She's who I kind of immediately think of mm -hmm. doing that. Right. They are the, they are the sensible ones. Um, (laughs) and uh, the sensible and the excitable ones. Uh, number three at 263 is Zorro, which is a bit of a surprise. Uh, number four at 246 close behind is Sanji. And uh, then dipping down quite a bit at five for uh, 129 times is Chopper. Followed uh, at number six with 112 is Luffy. Then uh, number seven, 92 times is Frankie. And then all the way at the bottom here, uh, number eight, 16 times is Robin. And then 15 times for Brooke. I'm actually surprised Brooke hasn't surpassed Robin, even though he's been on the crew much less time. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I've ever seen her. Well, it's make not the same. Face. Yeah, it's not the uh, physical reaction. It would be like, don't ever make that crazy face again. Ah, uh, that Frankie, one. Stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, where uh, you know she just kind of does the real subtle thing. I do appreciate that the thumbnail we have of Frankie was when uh, Chopper was giving him different beverages to fuel him in any of his lobby. <laughs> The one that cracks me up is the chopper <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Chopper's thumbnail? Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, man. Yes. That's, that's, and, that's... Um, we also have four reference. 57 times Buggy has done this. And <laughs> uh, 40 for Vivi. Yeah, Buggy and... does it like every other panel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's Buggy's face just stuck like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, this uh, took the reader uh, one and a half months to uh, to go through. That was uh, up through volume 80. And, uh, <laughs> and it was like, man, you must be bored. Uh, you, you know I judge, but we've been doing this podcast for seven years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Or as, as I <laughs> the, the joke that immediately popped into my head when, when I saw it is <laughs> what if he should just bust through the wall and go, art thou bored? Uh, <laughs> commercial um yep and, <laughs> and and then he says okay put me down for one <laughs> that's fine he's like wow that was a lot of counting thank you very much this is really fascinating and then he too points out wow zoro had a lot so <laughs> yeah i bet actually with the other people opening the SBSs for him, he's actually Oda's done it quite a few times. Yeah, yeah you're probably yeah. right. There's probably a lot in the SBS. Maybe that's maybe someone will do a follow up on that one. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Here we go. Last SBS segment for this volume. Um, really cool uh, cover on here. It's actually kind of hard to see, but it's uh, it's Doflamingo. Wow, he busted the mountain. Yeah, I, I think like it's the, like, 
Yeah, like when he gets smashed into the ground or something like that. Um, he goes flying into the side of the plateau. He makes like his body shape. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and uh, this first question again. This is a great one. Um, so this person wants to know: Can you draw the picture of Gambia's old grandma um, from the Barto Club crew? Yes. And uh, she must look really nice, he, he says. And uh, so what his answer here is, uh, is pretty spectacular. It's like, okay, here's grandma. Um, so actually, she is not related to anyone in the Bartow Club. <laughs> <laughs> you, see, you see, the Bartow Club was, uh, they basically just grew out of this little group of ruffian friends um, out in the countryside and uh, they ended up, you know, growing into this big, giant uh, gang, street gang, basically. And uh, eventually they they really fell in love with the Straw Hat crew. And then, like, the, the best and brightest of the group went to, uh, to go travel to sea and to be pirates. Um, so Grandma here is, uh, is just the old lady who ran the little, the little candy store um, that they used to go to <laughs> when they were kids. And, uh, you know, she's just kind of a, a she's a, she's a, a support system. She's a source of strength for the uh, for the group. Um, and uh, she's she's always known just tons of, uh, of little trivia things. And so it's been, uh, you know, she's been a great help, um, not always to uh, to the group as they they kind of went out to the sea in their ignorance. And then he, he includes in parentheses, mostly not really helping. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then he, he drew the grandma here. She's kind of doing the what, or she's, I mean, I don't know, maybe she's, she's waving, but she's saying, she's saying, don't do too much killing now. <laughs> uh, Have a good time now. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, actually in retrospect is, uh, is a little bittersweet because, um, you know, obviously we found out from his comments that uh, probably within a few weeks of this volume coming out was, uh, you know, when he he noted that his um, his grandma, who was the one who had told him not to use, uh, you know, words like I'll kill you um, in the uh, in the manga had passed away. So mm-hmm. um, little uh, little touch of home there. And uh, then our final question here is uh, about this uh, the scene kind of in the uh, the wrap up of Dress Rosa when um, the uh, the Tentadas have uh, the the Tentadas are stealing all the weapons of the Marines um, when they're supposed to be rounding up the uh, the Straw Hats and all the pirates and stuff and you know there's a scene where they're like all of our all of our bullets and our gunpowder are gone from our weapons and um, so they're supposed to be looking for looking for weapons, looking for bullets. Well, bullets in um, in shorthand in Japanese are just uh, tama, which is you know literally just balls. <laughs> um, and uh, so I really I, likes this joke. <laughs> look look and, at him! Look at this guy. Uh, so, My balls so, aren't there. <laughs> yeah. So well, I, I, he this this uh, person okay. who wrote in is asking. Um, it looks like he's. You know, it looks like he's looking for for his own, um, let's say, rounds, his own little rounds, little round ones. Did, <laughs> did he find any? And Oda said, says, rest assured, he found two. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, that is uh, that is it for the SBS. Um, what a note to end on there. <laughs> yeah. Great, the only dick joke? 
I think it was, yeah. Yeah, the, and it's actually kind of it's actually a funny one. Actually, pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, when we go to the back, um, there was the aforementioned um, kind of breakdown of the um, the the globe of One Piece, um, which is again it's nothing nothing new. It's all just uh, kind of rehashing um, material. There was also I don't know if we we probably I'm guessing we probably covered all of this stuff on uh, news articles for the site about uh, new information about film gold um, that Oda talks about. I don't know if you guys want to go into uh, what is revealed here um, about the people working on it and such. Yeah, I think we've already discussed this. But, uh, yeah, Alex sounds interested, so go for it. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Um, So, yeah, obviously um, Oda is uh, is an executive producer on it um and you know he sort of jokes about how yeah i'm the i'm the secret mastermind i go around um pouring tea for everyone um but uh he's uh clearly very excited about this and so he um he introduces the animation director which is masayuki sato or uh, sato masa as he calls him for short and um he he introduces him as the uh sort of the revolutionary who um brought about a a new era in one piece movies so you know this is the guy who worked with oda the last two movies and he's saying man i asked so much of him the last two times i didn't think he would actually agree to another one but he did so um so oda is very excited about that um the screenwriter is tsutomu kuroiwa who um is a uh a veteran screenwriter this is his first time doing any um animated works Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but he, he's done a lot of live action movies in, in dramas and stuff. I don't really recognize them except for a liar game, which I know is a pretty popular, um, that, that, that definitely hit it big in the uh, Japanese, um, movie business. That was a manga. And, uh, lastly here, he, uh, this is the thing that, personally, I was super, super excited about this as, uh, I know at least, uh, Alex can, can attest, uh, the yeah. music. For this um particular at least the um the insert songs not probably the score itself um but in in keeping with the sort of casino um flashy theme of the movie is he he really wanted real like big band jazz and so he thought about a uh, a genius blues singer whom he has loved for uh 20 years now um and she her name is mayumi kojima and uh, so she will be doing the uh, the opening track and an insert song in the film. And she, like, oh man, like yeah, I've been listening. She's to her, really awesome. Yeah, for at least like ten years. Um, there was a, another guy, uh, uh, an old friend of mine, internet friend of mine, um, who was a uh, a Japanese guy. He actually introduced me to a lot of like really really cool manga. Uh, back when, um, you know, I was still kind of mostly into shonen stuff. And um, he was a, a Japanese guy who grew up in Detroit because his dad worked in the auto industry. And so he was like fluent in in Japanese and English. He was all about Miami Kojima. And she's basically like, she just kind of does anything like outside of um, like sort of straightforward rock genres. So like she does, she does jazz stuff. She does blues swing um bebop she does like really kitschy pop stuff um yeah it's uh the stuff i've heard is pretty kitschy there's she's got a couple albums on on, um apple music if anybody has mm -hmm. a streaming service and spotify as well Mm -hmm. 
Um, so maybe like but, the American equivalent or the English language equivalent would be someone who sings the standards. Not really. No, no, no. She sings um, her stuff as, yeah. as, I, as okay. I can tell. Yeah, but um, really cool. Like she definitely has her own style, and I, I think from what I can tell about the movie, um, like it, it's it should be a really great fit for the kind of the aesthetic that they're giving off um, with the film. So uh, that's that's really exciting um, for me personally. I think I think that'll work out great. Um, and then yeah, we do have some uh, sketches of of characters, um, which again is um, not not news to anyone who's been following these things, but. Um, we kind of get a little roundup of of stuff here too. With um, you know, we have Guild Tesoro, who is the um, the overseer of the uh, the casino that the the casino ship that the movie is set on. Um, we have Karina, who is uh, a singer who has some sort of connection to Nami. Um, we also have this great guy Tanaka-san. He is called. <laughs> Who sort of looks like, uh, gosh, Joey? What was the guy's that that Toriyama character, uh, like Obochiman, or Obochiman? Oh, oh. Yeah, he definitely looks like a Toriyama character, like one of his mm-hmm. little goofy giant head, a little devil guy with these horns sticking out. Um, that looks that looks great. He's supposed to be a security guard. Um, and then we have Baccarat, who is a um, who is gorgeous. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. and she does have a uh, Dorothy eyebrows a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny you point out. Cause I just want to say like the reason why she really stands out to me is because she has really defined thick eyebrows, which, uh, most, I, I wouldn't say most characters, but a lot of characters, uh, and the, mainly the straw hats, they have thin eyebrows. They just have mm-hmm. pencil line eyebrows. So, yeah, it's definitely a feature that like is kind of considered, uh like unorthodox in anime design for sure is is the thick eyebrows for for a woman character but that is pretty cool not, not that they're even really that thick but you know just <laughs> relatively speaking but for um, in like in the one piece world they're like freaking fully coolie eyebrows yeah yeah <laughs> for the female designs Seaweed. you have to dig for uh, the nuances <laughs> right right it's like hey conus she has lips yeah that. that's true Look at that. Um, uh, yeah, so she, this character is, uh, she has uh, powers, devil fruit powers that control luck. So she's basically invincible in the casino. And, uh, Shamrock. Uh, and uh, lastly, we have this guy, Dice, who is a, um, a big old burly Odetega. Looks like he's wearing a champion belt um, in this uh, sketch. Yeah. Old, old Hogan. Hogan. No, no, he looks a lot more like Randy Savage when he had the full beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They should get Andrew Dice Clay to voice him in the dub. <laughs> it looks. Speaking of the voice, it looks like they haven't yet announced. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if that's been. I mean, I don't. I don't keep up with uh, the the details like as they're announced. But I'm guessing. Yeah, it says it's going to be announced in Jump, um, here in the volume, which you know, I was. It was put out. Uh, early April, so it could have come out by now, but I guess not. Maybe they're holding. I would that not back. be surprised. They're fishing for uh, a professional wrestler over in Japan to voice him. I think it was announced. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'll double check for you while you yeah. finish up. Oh, I'm calling this. I think he's gonna fight Frankie. I think Frankie's gonna get a big fight in this movie. I want to see that. I want to see that so Suplex bad. Time. I <laughs> want to see a fight that's not involve involving Sanji or Zoro. Not saying I don't want to see those characters fight. 
but holy crap, give me another straw hat fighting one on one with somebody. What's the last guy's yeah. name again? That dice dice oh, and uh, he is a uh, table dealer. He's a big burly guy. Oh, then, like the dice. Yes, you hit, sir. <laughs> yes, that kind of dealer. Um, and then down the corner we have uh, Ray's Max, who <laughs> what a great name, Ray's Max. That's awesome. And uh, he's a, a legendary gambler. Um, and uh, yeah, he has a famous old actor, Kitaoji Kenya. Um, not not sure. I'm not I'm not real up on uh, on Japanese actors. So uh, yeah, that's all the. Um, that's all the cool stuff we uh, we get about film gold, and then it looks like yeah, the rest is just all the usual ads. So I don't think guys, it's been that, announced yet, from as far as I could tell. But we'll find out soon, I'm sure. Um, but that is volume eighty one, packed full of uh, of goodies there. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think we can move on to the piece together segment. You guys ready? Okay. Yes. yes. This is the Piece Together segment where we take your questions, comments, and theories. We're going to have a shorter segment than usual this week, but we're going to start with a story. Ed, you have a story? Uh, I was working downtown D.C. today, and I was leaving work to come do this podcast, uh, and I saw a guy on the street. I'm like, hey, that's a One Piece shirt. Hey, that's a One Piece podcast shirt. And it's what? Like... I stopped the guy. I stopped a guy on the street. He's wearing a like a plaid shirt over his One Piece podcaster. I'm like, I, and at first he was confused. I'm like, hey, hey, like, that's my shirt. I'm like, I'm Ed. You, <laughs> you stole my no, shirt. No, no. That, then you should have been like, no, keep it. Uh, I think it'd be even better if you just walked past him but did your whole piece the tweet. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Chris Bachman, uh local DCI. Yeah. It's uh it's cool. I, I haven't really seen one of those out in the wild like that. I mean people there are real people out there listening to this show, man. Yeah, that's proof. It's great. It's crazy. Close to us. Made my day actually. It was kind of a boring rough day at work and uh that's a little, bu- a little bit of levity in my day. I like it. New shirts awesome. coming soon. Also, good, <laughs> good thing to plug at that moment. That's really awesome, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> the closest I've had to that are at conventions. I've never done that in, in real life. I had someone recognize my voice like once or twice, I think, at a con. But that's that's the furthest that got. I'm sure that happens once to that. Steve all the time, though. <laughs> you know, like at a, at a restaurant or something like that. And you're like, no, I need more. More, more fries. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, once uh, grocery shopping, I saw a, a, a guy and a girl couple, I assume, shopping together wearing matching chopper t-shirts. Aww. I mean, on, on the subway, I've seen people in one piece, either reading one piece. Uh, I saw a person in a Kuma shirt, which by that I mean it was that Kuma symbol, uh, the circle with the target. Um I've I've seen a lot of One Piece shirts. I've never seen a One Piece podcast one. The store I used to work at would get a lot of tourists, so there'd be a lot of uh, people coming in wearing Uniqlo shirts. And I'd always try to be like, oh, hey, One Piece. And they, just nothing. Nothing. <laughs> but there was that one time, I think it was like around the time I first came on the podcast when I was in Disneyland wearing a One Piece shirt. And this couple, they had to be Japanese. They stopped me. And they're like, oh, One Piece. And uh, 
the woman asked to take a picture with me because <laughs> this was like this is like 2009. No one was into that. <laughs> Why am I Mr. Sparkle? <laughs> uh, so we're just going to be doing Reddit today. Uh, we apologize to all yeah. those who used other means, but there's a lot of Reddit and we don't, it, it takes a lot longer to edit, edit these episodes. So we're only going to do that this week. So what do we got, yeah. Stephen? All right. Yeah. We're just going to go through edits or go through edit. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, congratulations. Editing, editing <laughs> yeah. is on the mind here. Uh, Zach has to edit the, uh, the volume recap. And uh, since there's no issue of jump this week, there's really, um, not the usual um, deluge of questions. So uh, we'll just go through these real quick. Our first question is from It's Spaghetti Time, who uh, <laughs> says, <laughs> "Great, reference. I really, I really enjoyed your One Piece movie discussion on episode 413. Since the arcs of consequence were so awesome, and uh, film gold will soon be released, wouldn't that be the perfect opportunity for a One Piece movie ranking? I would love." Listening to that. The hell was episode 413? Maybe if Zach has seen all the movies, then that would be a thing. Episode 413 was a couple episodes ago. That's so weird. We may have been just been talking about film gold. Not yeah. Sure. It's, I don't know. Or also, I think you were listing off some of our favorite movies, maybe? And it was a piece together question, yeah. I believe. I think the problem with that is that, like, un- unlike with the arcs, um, and especially like the openings where there's a lot of debate to be had, I think there's a generally pretty hard consensus on like which movies are the good ones and which ones are the bad ones. So, a lot of it would not be that interesting, maybe. No, I think it would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I just want to wait until Funimation gets their act together and releases the the archive. Um, yeah, that too. Opens mm-hmm. the. Vault. I mean, there are the uh, there are the subtitled um, UK box sets for the movies, but that that's just subtitled. And we could always rank them. It's way more fun just to do commentaries. Oh God. We could, we could do commentaries for all of them. We tried movie oh. eight once. I don't think we should try that one again. Ugh. No. Oh God. Oh. No, no, no. We shouldn't try it again unless we're really drunk. <laughs> What's the next question? Yeah. <laughs> Ten months later. Um Gentleman Bastard has a question that has been bugging him. Uh, this last chapter, we got a glimpse of Kaido's power as he seems to have messed up Kid pretty easily. Uh, will Luffy be able to take Kaido down in a one-on-one fight, or will he have to be taken down by a supernova alliance? Should Luffy be able to take down Kaido himself to be considered a true pirate king and claim he is the most free? No, there was some very important advice I got earlier in this episode, and that's that I will not be betting against Kaido on a one-on-one fight. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i would I like the idea of of luffy you know because we talked about this with doflamingo where it's like oh luffy and law have to like you know team up for a you know a, co- a combo finisher which didn't happen and i still like that idea i like the idea that there should be some stage where it's so difficult and it's you know it's such a ceiling for luffy to break through that he the first time you know he needs help uh, with some other guys around his level to get it done. I think frankly, the whole crew. This could is going to be the it. hardest physical like combat. I think fight of the series. Like there's going to be devil fruit powers. We got to fight Blackbeard. We got to fight Akainu. But those are going to be power fights. I mean, um, like uh, devil fruit powers fights. This is going to be like hand to hand combat style. So yeah, this might be the most difficult fight of Luffy's life. Like 
of even the series. I don't know if it'll be uh, there'll be a harder one after this. But I do think that like hmm. if if it has been specifically stated like literally that you can't win against Kaido in a one-to-one fight that Luffy as the hero kind of has to defy that expectation. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I wouldn't bet on it. (laughs) You know, I, I like, I do like what, what Ed said though, that, um, uh, you know, it kind of does, I just looking at Kaido, it does give me the feeling that, Oh, this is going to be like another, Luchi fight where you know that's what it's going to be it was going to come down to just raw power um rather than you know like the tendencies of their powers or whatever um so that, that'll be interesting that'll be exciting um our next question is from uh, grizzly ar um who says i didn't put a lot of thought on this but here goes maybe kaido is sure law hasn't betrayed him only betrayed doflamingo maybe law warned Kaido what was going to happen and lied, saying he was going to take on Mingo's business or something. And Kaido may be waiting for Law to betray the Straw Hats, though that won't happen. Uh, just a random theory. What do you think? I wasn't aware that Law had any sort of relationship with Kaido. Yeah. Yeah, plus, even in this scenario, like, it's still betraying Kaido. I mean, it's still fucking Kaido over um, and shutting down his business for whatever, you know, for his giant war that he's trying to set up. So I, I don't see how that would be like, oh, good, good job, Law. You did just what I wanted. That doesn't make any sense um, to me. So uh, I guess uh, we will move on to Mistflower, who says, um, what do you think are the future Blackbeard Pirate versus Straw Hat matchups if they do one-on-one fights? I think, um, yeah, he mentions Luffy versus Teach, Usopp versus Van Auger. Um what are some others? Oh, Frankie versus Burgess. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Zoro versus Shiryu. Shiryu. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Is it Chopper yeah, versus Doc Q? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm still very. Uh, I'm still of the theory that uh, that Shiryu is going to have diamond power that he stole from a now dead Jozu. Mm. Mm. Cut diamond. I like it. Nuts. Mm. Well, um, to bet that one of the girls is going to fight the other token girl on Blackbeard's team. Uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> what Atsumi is going to fight uh, San Juan Wolf. What Atsumi? Yeah. That's right, what Atsumi. For Straw Hat? That's yeah. right. <laughs> he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna come as a package deal with Jinbei. Yep. <laughs> I think that's clear, yeah. Maybe that'll be a handicap yeah. match. <laughs> Yes. Um, and next is a uh, an anime comment from Walpurgis Knight, who says, uh, a little disappointed that Kaido isn't voiced by Norio Wakamoto, but overall satisfied with the casting. Uh, Teshio Genda voices younger Toguro from my favorite anime, Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh, so on that comment, on that topic, how do you think the Straw Hats would have fared in the Dark Tournament? <laughs> that was a six degree of separation question there. Um, Jesus, yeah. Oh. I haven't watched the Hawk show in like seven years. I think Steve yeah, I, would have to be the one. To... Ahead, so. yeah, that would oh, be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they do pretty well. Why? Why? Why shouldn't they? They're uh, I overpowered. Think I think Brooke here. would do pretty well. He's got like the soul powers. He's got the power of death. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, though, like Dark Tournament is like all about 
killing. <laughs> Not necessarily like our, the main heroes from Yuhak show always killed, but uh, Hie was killing a lot. Kurama was killing a lot. But uh, I think that would that would be pretty fun. But it'd only be um, it would only be uh, five uh, team members. So I'm curious what what five straw hats would be on the the team. I guess it would be the monster trio. Who would be the other two? Brooke and Frankie. Say Brooke and Frankie? Yeah. I, I feel like Brooke and then the Dark Horse, Usa. Hmm. Nice. All right. Uh, we will move on. More matchups. Zephyrus. Smoker creates a crew of eight other Marines to match up against the Straw Hats. Who does he pick? Uh, He's got to take both of his ladies, Tashigi and Hina, I think. Hmm. I mean, in this scenario, I guess he he is somehow able to wrangle in the admirals to uh, to fight for him. Uh, go, jumping above rank. Um, yeah. Hmm. There's so many Marines that have very vague powers. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Pass. Yeah, that's a really tough one. <laughs> Jongo and full body. Don't patronize me. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, I guess we'll just uh, we'll, we'll call that one a non-starter. We uh, appreciate your suggestions. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Send your suggestions. Um, Melody O six one one wonders. Uh, do you think that Montblanc Noland will be mentioned in the upcoming Sanji flashback? Um, for, for what reasons? He was read oh. the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If uh, well, I mean, I guess I could only see that happening if he has some connection in some way to to Germa sixty six, which is kind of a stretch, I guess, because you know he was a good guy. They sound like bad guys. Mm-hmm. And also, Noland was played a big part in Dressrosa, kind of Lee. So. I, yeah, I, he did get a mention. <clears throat> I see it more as like a cameo. You see him reading it and then putting it away, you know, like not something that's pointed mm-hmm. out, but that's like kind of in the background. Um, yeah, I, I would say it's more likely that rather than Noland, um, he'll probably throw another Liv Neal uh, mention in there since he seems to love doing that. Like in the background of some random. Yeah. Random shot. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Duperco says, in the recent anime episode, we see that Kaido's dragon scale tattoo is red and yellow. Do you think that that is the color scheme of his dragon form, assuming that is what he is? Kaido mania running wild. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's that's what I thought when I saw uh, some screen caps of Kaido's. I, was, I wondered that as well. He was going to be turning into a red dragon. Which would make, you know, oh, like uh, Momo, who's a sort of off-brand pink version, <laughs> maybe makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing with that is just that that seems like the sort of thing that, uh, like, particularly with anime, but I mean, I'm sure with a lot of animated shows, when you when you deal with the color, they really try not to overlap colors too much. Um, mm-hmm. It's a kind of visually muddy up the the picture um so uh next is from sunmit ds who asks 
Uh, what race is Kaido? Do you think he's mixed something like part giant or something else entirely? Oh, um, I just think he's a huge dude. Like one, one piece is full of just huge dudes, but yeah. that's a good question. I mean, but there's also, I think, a reason we haven't seen his lower half. At one point, I'm pretty sure obscured. on this show we've like posited that he could be like a descendant of the Oars race because he has mm. those horns. Or yeah, he's, yeah. he's uh he's half Dothraki. <laughs> he, well, he certainly has a uh, um, Jason Momoa's tattoo, which is yeah. pretty evident. You see, Del Flamingo is just a huge dude. He's just like an eight foot tall guy. But Kaido looks like he's way taller than that. Um, if, if you ask, yeah. Me. yeah. yeah. Well, Del Flamingo is tall in the sense of you must have played basketball. You know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. It's next. Sorry, it's it's something tall people hear all the time. So uh, uh, next from Scarred Scar Red Tiger um, wants to know uh, two questions. What do you think of pudding being a a pretty girl as opposed to a cartoonish caricature? And is it called Germa sixty six because Sanji's eyebrows look like two sixes? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've already seen what pudding looks like. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, what are yeah, opinions what you, that she's? Oda's yeah. not taking an easy out with Sanji being disgusted by pudding. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like the joke doesn't work unless she's pretty. Right, I, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I mean, we we don't know yet if he if he will be like truly tempted in any ways, but obviously it's you know the that that storyline potential will not exist unless she's super hot and Sanji's really into it. Yeah, but it's also well, like I mean, she always least... has. Go ahead, Joey. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just saying at least we're not getting a whole story arc of, like, you know, ugly shaming or whatever. Right. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> I roll every time. Sentence but... to Mary Queen. <laughs> I, but I do like that she... No, there's something interesting about her, and she always has this sort of exasperated, put-upon expression on her face. Like, mm. maybe she doesn't always get along with her mother. So maybe there's a whole... Maybe they'll run off together or something. I don't know. Yeah. She's a little pouty. Yeah. <laughs> um, next is from Semel Joda, who says um, there's a theory about Kaido going around saying that he ate the Oni fruit and not the dragon fruit. Or maybe Oni is an actual species in the One Piece world, in which case he could be an Oni that ate the dragon fruit, which would make both theories correct. Uh, this Oni thing makes a lot of sense to me because of the horns, the club, um, the possible immortality and the whole Momotaro theme going on. What do you guys think? Um, yeah. I mean, didn't we yeah. talk about this last week? Um, yeah. I don't, we, we talked about how the, <clears throat> the, the Oni motif, thing. yeah, the Momotaro motif was, was very strong. Um, but I think this is asking more directly, like, is it possible that he isn't a dragon after all? Or maybe, I don't know, maybe Oda is setting up one or one of these two kind of design motifs as a bit of a red herring, um, because it's still... Even if he does have the only thing that doesn't answer how he got up to the clouds in that one chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. I still I still feel like the dragon part is big. It could just be that the only part is just sort of his thematic role in the the Momotaro homage that Oda is setting up. But um, that would be interesting if it was somehow a combination, um, sort of like how, you know, Peckham's turned out to be. Um, you know, a mink who also has, a, you know, the turtle fruit power. So 
Um, it wasn't that he had like two different powers, you know, it was that he was a lion guy all along, um, which is cool. Uh, so next we have uh, Words Deer, who wants to know, um, do you think Kaido might target Chopper because of his Rumble Ball making abilities? That is, if Rumble Balls work on all Zoan types and not just Chopper. Imagine a Monster Point Jack. Um, also, Kaido wanted an all Devil Fruit user crew, so with no lifeguard, did they just all go around wearing floaties? <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to have a you have to have a fisherman around, and then uh, that may help the situation. Well, actually, it doesn't really help at all. No. Um, <laughs> now that I think, of it, I don't think anyone else knows about the Rumble Balls. Um, yeah, I think that's assuming a lot, uh, or some good reconnaissance it, from Ka- the Kaido. It really crew. goes to show how special of a, an intellect and talent chopper is that he was able to develop True. that don't you don't have to say stupid compliments like that jackass um <laughs> yeah i think I, I i hate to say this but i kind of feel like at least in oda's mind like the rumble balls are a little bit of an afterthought at this point like i don't know i just don't see them as a big part of you know chopper's abilities um it seems like he's sort of moving past that um yeah and if chopper's powered out of those then making villains uh, require them would wouldn't really make sense yeah Yeah. i mean it's like when was the last time he used his scope ability to uh magically see the weakness of any enemy you know it's like there are lots of things where oda just sort of moved on um found a different role for the the character bring back the scope ability yeah (laughs) um Bosco Zen, I think this is a good question. Do you think the government knows about the road poneglyphs? And if they do, shouldn't Robin's bounty be the highest? Mm. Yes and yes. I think. Well, it also speaks to how difficult the new world is to navigate and how hard it would be to find that they don't necessarily have confidence in anyone actually being able to find all of them. Yeah, I guess you could also argue that you know, they they they're obviously they outlaw studying the uh, the poneglyph runes, and they you know they've killed the people who um, were studying them, and they they still treat Nico Robin as the demon child. But maybe if they know about the road poneglyphs, they figure why even bring it up? Like, you know, if she if we can keep her from um, you know getting. Uh, the the information from this, then no one's the wiser. So why would we, you know, put her? Why would we make her bounty so incredibly high that everyone has to wonder what it is? You know, what are they hiding, sort of thing. So that that could be part of it. Um, next we have a plaid plate um, who says when Peckums used his turtle shell, his head sticks out, but it isn't transformed. Shouldn't he have a turtle head if he's in animal form? This isn't a hybrid form. Yeah, or, you know, it's like, you know, Chopper can turn into various, like, stages of um, transformation. So, you know, maybe he can transform parts of his body. Um, or, think... or maybe Odo was just like, I want him to be recognizable as Peckham. <laughs> yeah, Luke <laughs> had crazy. all these different forms, too. Go ahead. Sorry, Joey. Oh, just it would be pretty crazy to see sort of halfway in between with his... A sort of turtle face with a mane and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll see it. It'd be interesting. Oh um, no! It's, final... Oh no! It's Senator Mitch McConnell coming out of his shell. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so our last question on Reddit is from Pepsi Shake, 
who uh, is going to throw out a theory. If I was part of the revolutionaries, I would be invading, overthrowing, or strengthening any holds on kingdoms while their leaders and bodyguards are gone at the reverie. It might explain why they aren't at their main base. Good point. I that think that's a sense. fantastic point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well done, I Pepsi. Actually, I was thinking about the reverie and how um, during the Tokugawa period in Japan, the, the shogunate used to require a lot of the uh, daimyo to live in Tokyo for a couple, what is it, like a year or like a couple of months? Right, like a couple right. Of years. You would always have to keep someone there. It's partially as you know collateral and maybe as a little bit of a hostage. Right. And I was wondering if the government sort of does the same thing with the reverie, you know, having all the world leaders in one place. Yeah. And if you don't convince like... your ass. <laughs> that sounds about right. I like that. Just an theory. idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's it for Reddit. Yep. So that's it for Piece Together this week. Um, we will be back next week with our probably full Piece Together. I'm sure we'll have a lot of questions then. Uh, for the following chapter. But for now, why don't we round off? You guys ready? Yeah. All right. Okay. This has been episode 417 of the One Piece Podcast. Good episode today, you guys. We went through volume 81, episode 739, and some piece together. Can't beat that. Except that next week we'll be back with manga chapter 825. Uh, don't forget to hashtag OPP7 years all month long. We're going to be having some special stuff on the website and a, a big surprise at the end of the month. Uh, so pay attention to OnePiecePodcast.com for cool stuff all month long. Um, and hashtag your favorite One Piece podcast memories from the last seven years at hashtag OPP seven years. Um, I don't want to forget this time. So I want to thank Aaron for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. It's always great to have you. Yeah. Yeah. Where could people find you? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. We're doing the ending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody can find me on uh, all social media at amazing bedhead. Um, Tweet a lot about One Piece. Tweet a lot about Earthbound. Tweet a lot about um, not being able to eat cheese anymore, which is really sad. Um, so yeah, come and talk to me. I won't pry, but that does sound sad. Um, it's really sad. <laughs> that sounds depressing. Uh, Joey, thanks for coming on. Where could people find you? Hey, yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at Joey Weiser or Tumblr, joeyweiser.tumblr.com. Uh, I have an out-of-date website that you don't need to take a look at. And uh, What's the see. URL for I, that website? <laughs> Tragic-planet.com. Uh, just needs to be updated real bad if I ever have time. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, buy Merman. Uh, Merman's book, Books one through four are available in hardcover, and in May, uh, volume one is being reprinted as a softcover. So, <clears throat> and I'm excited about that because it's a cheaper alternative to try out the series. And uh, yeah, and this weekend, uh, May seventh, I believe, is Free Comic Book Day. Uh, everyone uh, should go out to their local comic shop and get some free stuff. Uh, I will be in Plainfield, Indiana, signing at the Androids Dungeon. Um, information they about actually that. named it that. Wait, that's they, the they did that exists in real life. 
and that is uh, information about that's on my Tumblr. So go look at it there. Uh, but yeah, I'll be giving some free sketches away, and I've actually got some free Merman comics that I'll be giving out to kids while supplies last. So stop by and say hello. Uh, dude, where can people find you? Well, you can always find me on all forms of social media, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Vine, at dude exclamation, all one word. Um, if you're going to be in the Baltimore area this weekend, um, come and check out the P. Lander Z show on Friday night. I'll be there, and I think Art Fight's doing some sort of thing there, too, um, during the show. Um, speaking of Art Fight, I will be Art Fighting in, uh, in Cockeysville, which is close to Baltimore, at a library. I'm not sure what time, but... Just check out superartfight.com for details. And um, speaking of, one of our art fighters, Michael Brocco, a.k.a. Baron Von Sexyful, started his Kickstarter today for his uh, comic, The Creators, in which I did a guest comic for, as some of you might remember. Uh, my guest comic being printed in the Volume 1 book is part of the stretch goals. So uh, please back it. Uh, it's called The Creators. And uh, just go to Kickstarter and look for it. Uh, Steven, I definitely want to thank you for coming on, taking the time to uh, take us through Volume 81. Where could people find you? <clears throat> Zach. <clears throat> your honor. Your honor. Your honor. Thank yes. you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Translatosaurus. Uh, thank you, your majesty. Uh, Steve, where could people find you? You could find me on Twitter and other social media at Steve Yurko, all one word. Follow me on Twitter where I talk about wrestling and, and jojo and uh and wrestling <laughs> and, I'll, and i'll post a drawing every now and then um yeah uh you know it uh, also go to my store i have a print sale buy prints get 25 percent off when you enter the promotional code booty that's booty b-o-o-t-y booty never heard booty. of it uh, Ed, where can people find us? Well, Zach, you are Zach underscore Logan on Twitter. I am Edward E. Fisticio. The pod word, the, the podcast is that. <laughs> pod word. <laughs> Hashtag pod word. No. <laughs> Fine. The podcast is at onepiecepodcast.com, twitter.com, youtube.com, and facebook.com slash onepiecepodcast, onepiecepodcast.tumblr.com for news updates and funny pictures curated by Jill one piece podcast at gmail.com is our email address. One piece podcast is our Skype name. You can subscribe on SoundCloud. You can subscribe on Google Play. You can subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or call us on our phone number. Zach? You could call the pod word at 347 497 Maji. Pod word. <laughs> number again is 347 497 6254. Call anytime. Any pod. With your pods, your words, and your questions. Thank you guys so much. Great episode again. Uh, really looking forward to next week where the manga returns for a brief stint. Uh, we will be returning the following week with the return, for the first time this year, of our call-in show. So we'll see you uh, that for that the following week. Uh, but until next week, my name is Zach. My name is Ed. And my name is Steve. See you next week, everyone. Goodbye. Hey. How you doing? <laughs>